This is Flowers on the Stage. One band that comes to mind for me is the Allman Brothers. Not necessarily from the improvisational side, but well, that too, for sure. But just like we all come from such different places musically. None of us are probably going to share many artists or bands in our top five of like our most listened to or our favorite bands, like or anything even remotely similar. But I think the Allman Brothers is a band that we all look to that like inspires us for so many different reasons. But I think a big thing with us is energy. And I think that's what I would hope a lot of people would bring up if they saw us live is like, you know, they have a lot of energy and they play with a lot of energy. And that's something that you can hear in old Allman Brothers, like live recordings is like, it's just a freight train. And I think that that's really cool of like creating that kind of kinetic energy while you're playing. There's I know a lot of power in their power. music, you know, yes. it's just passion and just soul, you know. I, I want to ask you guys a question about that. Like you mentioned freight train as like a, kind of like north star of energy you guys are trying to bring to the crowd like diving into it what about a jam could lead to that like how can as a as a unit how can you guys go in and be like let's let's be a freight train tonight like what does that what does that look like we don't necessarily always set that like consciously in motion before every show we always like kind of like join arms circle kind of just like do a couple of breathing things with each other to kind of connect sometimes we're saying like okay like you know let's really bring the energy let's really bring the grooves tonight i mean but then, then and then so that's a conscious decision and then other times we just take some take some deep breaths and we get out there and then all of a sudden like it just takes one person to do one thing ryan or andy hit this one line and all of a sudden it's like oh it's fucking on tonight Hell yeah. I think we're all we're all like just kingling waiting to be like lit on fire and either you start it or somebody else does. And then it's just like, all right, well, it's on, you know, it's... the audience plays a huge role in it, too. Like Friday and yeah, it's just like you're walking into a fucking cauldron. And it was like, I don't even know really what we said pre-show there. But I mean, it was it, it took two minutes of us playing to be like, OK, like because you like it's hard to have that kind of energy if nobody's giving it back to you. But like when they are, it seems like the energy is like unlimited. Like you could play for hours in front of a crowd. Like we played for at Cervantes, who's just like ready to fucking pop off the whole time. It's like an energy feedback loop, like just reverberating off each other. And each time it comes back and forth, it just gets stronger and stronger. And then all of a sudden it's just your constant chaos and then all of a sudden Derek's on his double kick pedal and here we go <laughs> jumping to the side putting bear fuzz to the side for a second we got just Derek Adam and Ryan Derek starting with you what is something about life that you believe now that you didn't believe when you were younger huh. so in the last I would say in the last over the last year I've kind of tried to find a little bit more of a spiritual center and have definitely reconnected with my faith. And I know that that's a place that I am drawing a lot from currently and will continue to. It was always a little bit abstract for me of like, I've always definitely been a spiritual person, but I never really knew exactly what that meant. And like 
you know, I started, I just started kind of getting a lot of these weird little signs in my life of like, what is my purpose? Like, what am I supposed to do? What am I like meant for whatever? And, and just to be completely frank, I started reading the Bible and a lot of it really has clicked for me and has been a huge source of strength that I've found and I've shared with other people and that they've found strength in too. And to the question, I guess what I believe now is just that like, there is something sort of greater to this whole thing. I think it's easy to get jaded and to be like, oh man, the world's so fucked and crazy and all this stuff. And I don't really believe that anymore. I believe that there's something really good here that, that can be coaxed out if you look for it. And yeah, it's, that's been a really important thing for me. I'd say the, the old saying, like everything happens for a reason. It's like, I, you know, you always get told that by your parents or, you know, whomever growing up and, you know, it's like, Oh, everything happens for a reason. And you're like, you're like, yeah, okay, I don't believe that for a second. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but then like looking back now, like there was some pretty shitty things that happened to me in college um, that really made me do a lot of soul searching and kind of, you know, changed uh, my trajectory that I had for myself, honestly. But it's like in those moments in college, like it was like, you know, very dark points, you know, depression, you know, anxiety, all of that. I was uh, an actuarial science major, I was going to be an actuary. And then I, you know, was figured out very late in college, that's like, I don't think I'm gonna enjoy this, like at all. Like, I'm not nearly passionate enough about this to, to, you know, have this be my career. And I, you know, like, it makes great money. But I was like, I, I started to have this shift where it's like, I'm going to like, I need to choose happiness and not like money. Like, so it, but like when I did that, I changed my major and did all the stuff at that time, I started to get more into music. I had already been playing guitar for several years, like casually. And then one viv vivid experience was when I was at a Primus concert um, in Cleveland one time and just looking around, having a really good time. And I just realized like, it was like, man, like I want to, like, I think I want to do this. So it's like everything happens for a reason, because like if shitty things hadn't happened and I didn't go through those dark times, like I wouldn't know, like maybe I would have become an actuary. Like maybe I would have, you know, and if I would have done all of this stuff, it's like a chain reaction. If a couple of things would have like been different at that time that would have uh, where I would have avoided all of the, the dark times, I wouldn't have decided that, you know, like I kind of want to start a band. Like I wouldn't have learned more guitar. I wouldn't have uh, connected with uh, a good friend of ours and uh, one of the founding guitarists, Jack Novak. Shout out Jack Novak. Um, we started playing guitar together, and then all of a sudden, Derek uh, pledged our fraternity and was like, "Hey, we heard you drum." And then you know, all of a sudden, like we we have a band, and it's like, and then all of a sudden, you know, I meet, you know, my now fiance like years later. But it's like. Would I have been in that place at that time if all of this other stuff hadn't happened, all this other shitty stuff like that I like, you know, struggled with for a while? If all that didn't happen, where would I, you know, would I have would I be in a band like doing like my pursuing my passion? Would I, you know, have found like, you know, my my soulmate? You never know. But it's like everything happens for a reason. And Ryan, being patient with life, mm. you know, I feel like 
you know, when I was growing up, you just, you know, there was, there was just so many things that you want to do and you just feel like you have to be there like now, you know, it's just like, okay, I want to achieve this and I have to get this. And then you just try to do so many different things at one time. And what I've found, what ends up happening when you do that is, is you really don't, you kind of forget to connect with what you're doing in the first place, you know? And, you know, it's, it's okay to, to be patient and step back and take a breath and, and stop and smell the roses about your experiences and your thoughts and, and your feelings and, and, and reflect a little bit, you know, you always have to kind of have these checkpoints of checking in on yourself of like, okay, you know what, like we've done this, we still got this to go. And, you know, it's, I, I, life is such a valuable thing, you know, and I feel like we all get ahead of ourselves in the rat race of just feeling like that we have to be in first place all the time, everywhere. And just, you kind of, you know, once you, and, and if you do get there, then you're like, huh, why, why don't I feel anything? And it's because you just didn't enjoy the experience, the experience, you know, you didn't, you didn't take the time to have the emotional connection with what you're doing. And it's something that I feel like the older you get, it just kind of comes natural to you. You know, I mean, you can read all the self-help books you want in the world and, and listen to advice and things, but you know, it's just one of those things I think the more paths you cross with, with people, important people in your life, influential people, influential things, uh, you know, stop, write it down, take a breath, listen to, you know, use your senses. You, you, you were given them for a reason, you know, by the, the almighty creator, whatever you believe in. Right. You know, so, and I think the older I've gotten, you know, I think patience and is one of the most valuable things that you can have. For sure. I have that. I, I did love it. That I, you know, and I used to, I mean, I was always told that growing up that, you know, you got to be, you know, be patient, be this. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I am, I am, whatever, but you're really not, you know, when you look back on it, you know, <laughs> and you read, you read, you know, I have a journal I've had for almost 20 years of my life, a long, long time. And, you know, I just read back on it and I'm just like, God, man, you know, I was just such in a hurry for what, you know? It's like, enjoy the journey, you know, enjoy the experience of it, you know, and that's really, I, I think, like I said, you can, I can go a lot of different directions with that question, but um, to me, that's probably the most valuable thing I've learned. No, that's and, fantastic. You know, that's, I love yeah. how you all answered that question. And Ryan, man, that's an awesome reminder, you know, all of us, like we're all grinding, you know, we've got, we've got our goals and go, go, go. Then we blink. And it's like, I remember like, seven years ago, watching you guys in Woodlands Tavern side with, without, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I sit back guys. and I'm like, I sit back and I'm like, it's exactly. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where did all that, where, what happened? You know, but it's, it's great, you know? And, it, and it's a reminder too. We're all in it together. I mean, as people, it doesn't even matter what, uh, you know, we're all, we're all trying to get by in life, you know, as, as you're, inner circle and even your, you know, strangers and stuff, you know, we're all, I think it's just a reminder to anybody, you know, it's okay to slow down, reflect and, you know, pump the brakes a little bit sometimes, you know. Yeah. Ryan. So talking about like, you know, perceived success, like climb the rat race and yeah. reflecting back on the story of bear fuzz, what would you pinpoint? And Ryan, we'll start with you as, the moment of bear fuzz that's been the most 
actually fulfilling for you? Like what instance mm. of the bear fuzz story has given you the most fulfillment? You know, initially my introduction to this whole band was with the two people in this interview now with Derek and Adam. And um, I got linked up with Derek. Uh, I mean, what has it been? Seven years, eight years now? Yeah, Long I was time. thinking that probably, probably, yeah, seven. And seven so. I got, I got introduced to him from an old childhood friend of mine when they went to college. And, uh, you know, it was the classic, like, Hey, uh, you know, I got a buddy who plays drums and, uh, play guitar. You guys should jam, you know, the, the classic thing. And we just exchanged numbers and it was just like, well, I'll probably never talk to that guy again, but Hey, you know, and, uh, I think the big moment was, was months after that. I remember you reached out to me and you're like, Hey, let's get together. Let's jam. And I, went over to your parents' place. It was just you and Adam in the basement. It was within just like 30 seconds, you know. We all just sat and played together. The first time, you know, first time we'd ever even just played music just with these with these two other guys. It was just instant chemistry. Just instantaneous. Like, I mean, there was just like this, this like aurora that I could feel between the three of us that was very moving you know it's hard to put in words but it's something that stuck with me for a long time and i never knew quite what it was and sometimes you don't have to know what it is you know you just know it's a good thing right you can sit and dwindle on it forever but i remember that moment it's always stuck with me of like you know what this is something it's real it was just an energy you know um it was really powerful this is Flowers on the Stage, a podcast about being creative and finding success. To support it, please check out our sponsors, New Belgium Brewing, Thrax CBD, and Ticket Relief, the ticketing company that plants trees with a portion of each ticket sold. And now, back to the episode. Yeah, and that was the first time I'd ever, ever like, literally ever met Ryan, like, it was like, hey, nice to meet you. And then we and then we jammed. And I was like, holy shit. So our like, whole relationship's been music. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For for me, I mean, there's a cut. There's been a few shows over the years where like you're just like in that moment. And you're like, holy shit. Like it just builds so much just like energy and just fun and, you know, happiness. Uh and like I feel like one of those shows was actually um that was a, a workout uh, and it was a late night workout. We were the second to last band to play. Um and it started to rain, but I didn't know that. So like everybody from like outside like came into the tent and it's just like more people than I think we'd ever played in front of at that point. You know, just like I have no idea how many people it actually was, but it's like you just like in that moment, you're just like you're just looking around, you're like oh man, like this is fucking awesome. Like this is so much fun. <laughs> um, and then that, and I would also, I probably would honestly say the first show that we ever played with Andy and Jason. Um, so like a little background, they had a band at OU in Athens that we played with Bear Fuzz, like when we were a three piece, like me, Derek and Ryan, and we went down and played shows with them. And then, um, so that's kind of how we met them. Well, they went to high school, but like, that's how we kind of connected with them like later at, at that point. And 
when they split up, um, like half their band, grad, they all graduated, half band moved to New York, Jason and Andy moved back to Columbus. And then we basically were like, what are you guys doing? And they came and jammed with us and we practiced maybe like three or four times. And then we went and played Comfest, like the gazebo stage at, at Comfest. It was like a Saturday afternoon. And, you know, we started to play the, the Grateful Dead song and you just see all these people like coming out from like the trees in the shade and just like some of those moments are just very special to me and just you know just kind of gets keeps your fire going just just you know lights everything up inside of you where you're just like this is exactly where I want to be and Derek can't wait to hear what you got to say one that stands out to me was um November 26th of 2022 um when we and the reason I know the date is because it's my birthday so it's a little birthday show part, partly why it was important to me but um we opened for Papadozio in Cleveland at the Cleveland Masonic Theater uh on their 10-year anniversary <laughs> show for their album Tetios I remember when we pulled up to the venue this was still this was before we had our van or anything so we all had to take separate cars and stuff up there and I remember pull. I knew it was going to be a big, a big room that we were playing in, but pulling up and seeing the size of the building that we were loading our gear into, I was just like, holy shit. Like this is, this is a significant achievement that like, I don't know what the percentage of people who ever start a band who get to play in a, a room that size is, but it's not, it's not a large number. I was very aware that whole night of how special it was just to be playing in a place like that, that, you know, that we had, that we had earned our way into a, into a situation like that, that we've all this work and all this stuff that we put into for years and years and years, all of a sudden it's, it was better for me too, because it's my birthday. So everyone's like, Oh dude, happy birthday. But I was just like, this is, this is so cool. Like that we're playing in this size of a room with this um, consequential of a band that we're opening for. And it was just really cool. But honestly, more than that, more than a show, like to me, the biggest thing, like I grew up playing sports my whole life since I was really young. And I've always loved being a part of a team and being a part of, especially even more than a team, like just a locker room and just like being around people who are working towards a common thing with each other. And the camaraderie that comes with that, I just think is like one of the most special things. And like the most important moments to me with this band is literally just the all the time in between. It's the it's the fucking around in the van. It's goofing around the hotel room in the green rooms. It's just like cracking jokes at each other. Like we're all such good friends and we all have the exact same sense of humor. Berta could probably tell you some selective stories about that. You probably don't want me to. Yeah. Probably don't want you to. <laughs> but like it's we have so much fun. It's rare that people actually get to experience that where they get to spend hours and hours and hours of time around people who are like-minded to them and they can just be themselves. And like, that to me is incredibly special. Thinking back, you know, last year, you guys really started hitting the road from then to now, like what have been some of the most important you got lessons you guys have learned about like being a team, especially, you know, when the waters are rocky and like, what it takes to kind of stay gelling together, even, you know, maybe in some of the most annoying moments. I think for me, definitely 
uh, a big thing that I try to focus on. And I think that our whole group does a good job at is just like staying positive because it's every day is some sort of different challenge. Like whether it be like we were just in Colorado this past weekend and on Sunday we played in Vail and Vail is as tight of a driving area as you're probably ever going to be in. And I was driving and I will say there was a moment where I was not positive and I was snapping because <laughs> we couldn't find a place to park. Like there was no place to park our trailer and it was kind of a nightmare. And I think like at a certain point, we just realized the situation that we were in and everybody got back to just being positive and joking around. And I mean, it was only, you know, five or 10 minutes until we were all just back to normal. And I think it's just like, you're always going to have these challenges when you're traveling and you're tired, you're always sleep deprived. There's always some sort of situation going on. So just kind of sticking together and not stop joking around and stop having fun is, is the most important thing for us for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, completely agree with that. And it's also, I think about not taking your frustrations out on the people that don't deserve it. So it's like frustrated with parking, you're low energy, you know, you're having any type of certain day, like, you know, we're, we're all really good friends and brothers and we're not there to, you know, we're there to support each other. So it's like, kind of like a, a very mutual, thing where we are it's like it's okay to be frustrated it's okay for you know any type of emotion to happen um but not directing it at you know at any of those people that that you care about and want to you know build this build the band and you know music and business with so i think that's really important and just being honest with, with each other and meeting everyone where they're at on that particular day hmm. i love it has there been any like specific moments or or projects or instances that come to mind that have challenged your guys kind of like preconceptions about how you want to approach things and made you kind of rethink your approach? I feel like a big thing that I've learned last year was how difficult like time management is when you do start touring and I think that we operated in a certain way for, I mean, forever, uh, or for at least the duration that we were a band, a certain way in a certain pace of doing things that when you get out there, every timeline seems to condense. You, had, you just have less time to do everything, essentially. And I know one instance comes to mind for sure when we were on the road in, um, this was late October, early November, and we kind of realized that because we had been on the road so much and everyone still works as well, um, that we weren't really finding enough time for our songwriting. And we had some deadlines coming up of when we were going to be going in the studio. And we started just kind of talking about like, OK, well, when do we have time to like fit this in? Because we need to obviously get this done, but it's not like we have days at home where we can do this and our days at home is probably going to be somewhat recuperating from what we just did so we started working on stuff like in our hotel rooms and splitting off into small groups and i know that we just recorded six songs in early january and i think it was one of those things where we all realized like man like we're gonna have to push ourselves on some of these days when we're not we don't have full energy and we don't feel completely like doing it because it's going to be beneficial for us in the long run to use that time that we have rather than 
just laying around and being tired and kind of wasting time, essentially. Hmm. Katie's got some questions for you. For anyone who's unfamiliar with Bear Fuzz, if you had to recommend three songs as a way to get to know Bear Fuzz, what would you pick? Ooh. Well, we have quite the wide spectrum of stuff. Uh, I'd say probably Concrete Cowboy, Looking for a Bite, and maybe it's all right here. You know, I think that kind of hits every end of the spectrum of what we do. Uh, a little bit in your face, rock and roll, you know, a song with a lot of jam elements and then something on our softer side. So I think that kind of hits all the points. What would you recommend, Jacket? I'd say just another sunrise. Uh, and then by double dealing and then say maybe uh maybe like a probably nothing to fear maybe i feel like just another sunrise especially like that whole song kind of encapsulates like a lot of different things that we can do so it's like you know the verse feels one way where it's almost like swing blues and then it gets really psychedelic and then it's almost like progressive at the end so it's like kind of like goes all around and is a I feel like it's a good representation of some of the things you might expect uh, at a show or listening to our music. Um, and then the other ones are just, you know, showcasing different elements of, of what else we can do. It's probably my favorite song, so fuck yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, what would each of you say would be your dream artist to collaborate with right now? For me, it's definitely uh, this Japanese fusion art, uh, guitarist that I really enjoy, uh, Masayoshi Takanaka. If you haven't heard of him, <laughs> definitely check him out. Um, he's He was like kind of started in like 70s and 80s and stuff like that. But he's got some really, really good music and just his guitar playing and his the way that he composes his music and the melodies that he can create. I don't know, just everything about what he does as an artist. I'm just like all about and i would love to you know try to do anything with him <laughs> i'm having a i'm having a tough time with this one i feel like if it's something that's if it if it's a band related sense of like normal instrumentation i would love to do something with kurt vile i love kurt vile he's one of my favorite favorite artists and he's the man Ooh, i think alive I really can't. I have. I'm gonna have to say too. I think Eric Gales. He's a guitar player, um, a blues guitar player, just an absolute just genius on the guitar. I would just love to pick his brain on just his his approach to the way he just puts things together. And then um, probably Derek Trucks would be right there tied as well uh, for the same exact reason. I kind of wanted to piggyback off of uh, Katie's question. What? artists that have you already collaborated with that have been uh, some of your favorites? Hmm. I'd probably say Dave Katz personally from Acoustic Hookah. Like, you know, grew up listening to, to his music and then all of a sudden, like he's sitting there on stage with you, like playing, like playing some songs. Like, I don't know. It was, um, it was really cool. And we were honored or we were lucky enough to be able to have him on our first album that we recorded too for a few songs and it was just uh it's one of those things where you're like dude fucking dave katz is sitting in with us right now like what the fuck 
Yeah, I mean, we haven't had a ton of cats. Is definitely like still a weird one because it's like he's just I don't know. If you live in Ohio, and I I didn't grow up listening to hookah, but when I got into college, I like found that whole thing, and it's like the fact that he wants to play with us is still like he I think he enjoys playing with us and that's kind of bizarre you know it's just like it's it's a weird like situation and then like be on stage with him and you're like oh yeah like cats is with us and we're like ripping it with cats like this is sweet like this is really cool we haven't had a ton of people sit in with us one person definitely is uh, I don't know how to exactly pronounce his last name but Justin Recamp Recamp from Mungin Hell yeah. We did that sit in with him last year at Birds of a Feather. Well, that was last summer, right? Or last yeah. September, or yeah, yeah. Two Septembers ago. He's a beast. Yeah. And that sit in was was really fun. That was really cool. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, stuff to say. I, I I would probably agree with that. It's I'm I'm like going through the mud. I'm like, who who all sat in with us? Like it's been a lot of people in and out, you know. But that was definitely a really cool one for sure. I will never forget that tent talking heads cover with Dan Shaw and Rob. That was a banger. Yeah. That, that was, was hot. also sweet. Yeah, that was, that, was that, a, one. that was a crazy night. That was a really crazy night. I definitely want to give a quick shout out to not that we've had sit-ins with them, but we've played a lot of shows with Chalk Dinosaur. And I definitely at some point we'll have we'll have John from Chalk Dinosaur sit in with us, but I know that we're always inspired by them and by John, just the sheer output of music that he's put out is so impressive. And we share management with them and they're just also awesome dudes. So that, that will happen at some point. Cause John's a dog on pretty much anything that he wants to play or do. <laughs> um, so yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Can't wait. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. You guys also have uh, some pretty awesome uh, support coming for Fuzzdopia uh, coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that could be could be a cool opportunity to add some uh, more to the list. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Something will be added to the list that night for sure. That's already in the plans for sure. So definitely. So I want to jump to the side a little bit here. Talk about, you know, bad nights out on tour. Like whether it's a personal <laughs> fight in the band right before you get on stage or... Uh, a bar where the promoter didn't effectively promote the show and you're playing to the bartenders like what have you learned about how best to approach and handle those nights collectively as the barefoot unit i think we had our worst night of all time <laughs> ever and i think berta was oh, there what? Was a, first off for some reason we have really bad luck with the last show of the year for some reason we've had we've had numerous times now that the last show that we've played of the year has had some sort of nightmare sequence that's that's occurred in some some way around it uh the one that comes to mind for me immediately probably the recency bias but we got our van and trailer stuck uh in the mud <laughs> at a uh, festival yeah. we played at in december that was fun uh, and yeah it was great <laughs> it was awesome but we um so we played from 2 30 a.m to 4 a.m and when we were and it was also pissing rain the the entire show i mean when we got there it was a torrential downpour and did for our the entire duration we were there it's an outdoor show too it was in a tent outdoors in a tent yeah so we had to park in the grass 
And when we got there, you were already sinking down into the grass. Like, so add another four hours of torrential downpour onto that. And you can imagine the, the landscape. So we've finished at 4 a.m. By the time we were ready to leave, it was probably somewhere around 5.15, 5.30 or so. And immediately we were lodged in the ground. Our, our van was not going going anywhere. And we tried for, I mean, how long do you guys think that we tried initially to, to get it out? An hour or two. Like I would say, it's hard to say because it's all just like a, a cold, frustrated blur. <laughs> <laughs> tried to, yeah, it was. And then we ended up just giving up and just like laying in the van and like <laughs> just trying to close our eyes, like while there's still all of this festival stuff happening around us. And we're all just like, hired wanted to wanted to get home and we just there was no chance and we called triple a and at least we got a free pizza we got a free yeah, pizza and honestly that. to your point to your point cam how we dealt with it was literally we were like okay we're fucked we're not going anywhere let's all just get in the van and just eat this pizza let's let's just enjoy let's just enjoy a slice of pizza or two each and try to sleep for a little bit and that's that's how we dealt with it. That wasn't just pizza either, though. That was that was disco, disco pizza. pizza. Yeah, yeah, that was it was disco great. pizza. Yeah. This is the best pizza. But yeah, definitely like learn some lessons on how to how to deal with things, both emotionally and logistically. Um, yeah, sometimes you got to learn stuff the hard way, and you know you try to avoid doing that, but you know you can't dodge them all. <laughs> Speaking of not being able to dodge them all, Bert has got some questions for you. Yeah, what up, dudes? What's going on? Hey, hey Adam. Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask real quick about like uh, how was Denver? Was that was it? Was it great? You guys had a good show in Denver. Awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah. so much Serves. fun. A lot of fun. Cervantes, one of my fucking favorite venues of all time. Like everything yeah. went well. Huge, huge shout out to all the guys in Disco because they're awesome and they didn't have to have us there, but they did and they wanted to, and that's cool as fuck. And that place was popping off. Anyway, uh, cool, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, Denver is fucking awesome. Uh, so wanted to ask, uh, you know, you guys really grown your onstage and improvisational skills in the past few years. Um, and I want to know from each of you, like, which other uh band member do you listen to or like listen for most to see where to take the current jam, like where where it's going to evolve to? a good question for me probably Derek coming from a bass player like you gotta like first things first is you absolutely have to connect and be locked in with the drums like so rhythmically it all starts right there and then you know always Brian and Andy on guitar you know you gotta be like especially for bass you gotta be attached rhythmically and melodically so it's kind of like rhythm locking that that bass foundation and then you can kind of start to pick up what some other people are doing. And, and then J Jason as well. Like for me, honestly, I'm like, you should be listening to everybody <laughs> in my, in my opinion. Um, but because you, you know, little, you just grab little tiny things from all over the place. It's like, you know, everybody's just bouncing around off of each other. But first things first is lock in with the lock in with the drums as a basis for sure. It's, it's always a new experience every single time, you know, so whether, I feel like the majority of the time, you know, I'm always trying to at least pick up on the dynamic of the drums, of what Jason and Derek are doing. 
either play in between what they're doing or on the hits. And then, you know, as far as our strength section, you know, uh, trying to listen to Adam and listen to Andy, somebody's usually uh, coming up with the next chord progression, the next chord change, and you never really know when it's going to happen. And it's kind of, you know, if somebody starts doing this and everybody latches onto it, you're like, all right, well, here we go, you know, so. But, you know, I, I always try to play in between the drums, too. I think that's a big thing for me. I like to be rhythmically and dynamically just really on point with them. So, but yeah. everybody overall, you know. I feel like it's I feel like it's always going to be a combination of, of people. I do think that at certain times, and this is kind of a constantly like evolving thing, different people progress the improv elements in different ways. Adam and I have been playing together for such a long time that I honestly, no offense, Adam, I don't necessarily even really listen to Adam. I kind of just feel like we just kind of know what each other is going to do. And also I'm usually right next to his cabinet or his, his, uh, his base rig. So I'm going to hear him regardless if I want to or not. I, I, it's, it's impossible, but I feel like Adam and I like rhythmically, because we've had so many hours playing together, like our foundation is really solid and it depends then on like what part of the song or what part of the jamming that we're in at that point. Because I think that like certain times Andy will bring forth more like progression type elements of, okay, here's like now a, a different like theme, if you will, to like, like to the, to the jamming, we're going to go in this direction and then Adam or um, Ryan is just like constantly like coloring everything with riffs. And I feel like the difference between Andy and um, Ryan's guitar playing is a lot of what makes our sound unique is because they come from different places musically, but they do meet in this center point that then is tied together by Adam and then in turn by Jason and myself. But it always meets in this really interesting place where a lot of times Andy's creating a lot of open space underneath a lot of things and like atmospheres. And then Ryan is kind of the, the voice that's coloring everything in between. And it's show to show. Like sometimes there'll be a whole show that'll go by where I'm really keying in on what Ryan's doing. And the whole time I'm like really conscious of what he's playing. And then other times it's somebody else. And it's, I think it's just back to the other thing that we were talking about with like energy and stuff too. Like sometimes some, some people just are having a night, you know, and you're like, okay, like this person like clearly is like really feeling it right now. So like, let's, let's follow what's going on here because they're coming up with amazing ideas and whatever. So it's, it's interesting how it works though, because creating on stage is kind of a risky thing. And that's what makes, I think what we do a lot of fun for us internally. I think that's what makes it fun for anybody that goes to any show that's based on improv too. I mean, totally. you don't you don't know if somebody if the band's gonna fucking you know go down in a blaze of fire or if they're gonna like you know just blow your fucking mind with something nobody's ever seen and will never see like that ever again. Yep, I, I love that shit. Thank you guys for joining us here. Thank you, man. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yeah, we Fuck appreciate yeah, there, you. Buzz. Fuck yeah, Buzz. Right. Yeah. This is flowers on the stage. And now here we are with Andy and Jason. What would you say about Bear Fuzz excites you most right now? Oh, man. Um, currently, just the growth we're having as individuals um, 
and musically too. Um, we're in the midst of recording, like I think our third or fourth album. And I knew as soon as we started recording it, the songs were getting that much more mature um, and it's writing from where we started. Um, just more pieces, more components, um, people really starting to shine in different ways. And I think that's probably what I'm most excited about right now. So now, Jason, we'll start with you on this one. From your perspective, what would you say are like the most defining personality traits of each member of Bear Fuzz? Like from the inside, you know, you know, these guys better, better than any of us. Like, what would you say? How would you describe each member of the band? I, do you want me to go one by one? Because I definitely can. <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll start with Andy. I mean, I've known Andy the longest um, out of out of any of these dudes. I've been playing music the longest with with him. Um, and I, I definitely think the best trait that stands out is his heart. He definitely has a, a lot of love for everybody. And, you know, even even if you don't see eye to eye with him, like he's able to, you know, at least give you some perspective and understanding um his his heart's always in a good place and i know that that's something that definitely helps drive the band in general as well so my boy um derek i would say his humor uh i mean derek's always a quick snap man like anything can just fly off the handles with him which i think is hilarious um and again it's hard i mean i that's something that i think we all really kind of share as well um Adam, I, I think Adam is a very analytical and smart person. And that gives us a little bit of direction at times when we need it is like, okay, hey, stay on track, boys. So that's been something that I think really helps us. And then Ryan, I mean, his creativity and just way that he kind of sees the world and sees music. I think that's something that really adds a lot of flavor to, to Bear Fuzz as well. Mm. Yeah. And Andy, what would you say? I think, you know, I, I certainly could echo all of the points that Jason said, but I'll go one by one, too. Um, Jason, extremely caring, uh, thoughtful person when we're out on the road. Uh, I've known Jason for so long, uh, lived with him for a long time, one of my all-time best friends uh, for life. So, you know, similar to what he said to me, huge heart, um, and I, I love the guy. I love all the guys. Um, Derek, super good leader. Um, he's got all the leader qualities that you would want. Um, he likes to take direction and that's super helpful. Um, sometimes when we're out on the road, you know, he, he hosts the conversations with venues, um, with promoters and things like that. So he takes care of a lot of behind the scenes stuff for us. Super good leader without him. Sometimes we'd totally be lost. <laughs> Adam, um, like Jason said, very analytical, um, very smart, um, definitely thinks in a very like technical way. Um, about music and how we're handling everything. So that's really important for us to have in the crew. Um, and then Ryan, um, super artistic, uh, creative. Um, at times, you know, he's the most interesting guy in the world. He knows so much about, you know, guitars and, and his hobbies. He could go on and on and on about certain aspects of music. Um, and I, I love him for that. He's a great conversationalist. Um, he might not be the most outgoing in the crew, but he certainly is one of the most fun to talk to. Mm. Hell yeah. Bird has got some questions for you. So you guys have uh, finally taken uh, some some good advice and, you know, uh, and hit the road, you know, taking that leap and uh, 
Want to know uh, what's been the biggest growing pain so far? I don't know. I mean, as a band, I guess getting used to everybody being different in certain ways um, and being together so often, you know, everybody's on a different schedule. Um, when it's time to eat is different for people. When it's time to sleep is different for people. Um, so those things can be tough to deal with. But I, I think at this point, we're used to it. We've gotten to know each other so well by being together so much. Um, you know, I, I do want to, you know, say overall, there's not too many pains that we're going through. It's usually mostly all fun. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I guess growing pain wise is just time management with the rest of our lives, I think is a big thing. Um, you know, a lot of us are still full-time jobs or part-time or whatever the case may be so being able to balance that and just kind of figuring out I mean we're we're young and hungry but also like this is a pretty pivotal point in our lives where it's like there's a lot of uncertainty going on the music industry has changed a ton especially I mean within the last four years but let alone you know the last you know look back 50 years it's it's completely different so figuring out how to navigate that on top of navigating our own lives, um, I think is definitely something that stands out to me. But as Andy said, I mean, I think we've all been able to handle those things well, um, including, you know, just interpersonal relationships too with the rest of the band. Everything's been pretty smooth. And while we do have that uncertainty, we're able to rely on each other for reassurance and, you know, our significant others as well. Um, you know, play a big factor in that and, you know, encouragement and support. So about you guys being on the road, like, uh, you know, do it, taking that giant step. It's a huge step. It's, it's, you know, where it's where the stories are really, you, you talk to any, any established band, uh, any established touring artists. Uh, and these are the, the times that they remember most fondly. They are, they're, that's what they, they reference uh, to everybody that was there for it. And that's what they, you know, that's how they kind of grow. That's where the real passion and inspiration comes from is, is going through the, the, the trenches that you, you guys uh, might be going through now, uh, hitting the road for the first time. Um, so do you guys have any good stories so far, uh, like from the road? How's it been? I do have a story from this past weekend that I think is pretty funny and awesome. It was something I think that like really made us kind of take a step back and be like, yeah, like this is, this is fun. Like it, it's, it doesn't have to always be serious. It doesn't always have to be like, Oh man, we're grinding, whatever. Like we had a really great weekend out in Colorado. Um, we met some really cool people, cool venues we played at. Um, those are stories I think, you know, that you're typically referring to of like, Hey, like this was our experience at this venue and this venue and blah, blah, blah. But like even the in-between times we met two guys out in Colorado, both named Patrick. So we had the weekend of Patrick, um, and they were just great people to us as a band. They were highly invested in us. Um, one was the hotel clerk uh, that we just befriended. And, you know, he's like, oh, like, you know, making us food and hanging out with us, getting to know us. That was really cool. Like, he didn't have to do any of that. And then we go and play a show in Evergreen. And the uh, the bar owner, venue owner, owner there, um, his name also Patrick, he, again, just great host. He showed us around the bar and was able to, you know, I don't know, just give us a, I felt like a little bit of a spark of like, 
kind of joy or, you know, because at times it, it does kind of become a little bit monotonous. Okay, get in the van, unload your stuff, pack it back up, whatever, play the show. Um, but when you meet those people in between, um, they really can make a big impact. And, you know, I think those are kind of the seeds that we're sowing right now, too, is like, you know, interacting with just even one person that, you know, we might make an impact on their lives, but really they're making a huge one on ours as well. They're making life away from home so much easier for us. So um, that's just one thing that I've taken away so far. I really like that, Jason. I started thinking while you're talking about, you know, some of the other bands that we've met um, and how encouraging that can be opening for bands that are much larger and have been on the road for a long time. Bands like Papadozio, um, bands like Acoustic Hookah, and really getting that like encouragement from these bands. You know, some of these guys are quite a bit older and they're giving you compliments when you're, you know, an almost 30 year old. Um, it's pretty unreal or, or, or surreal um, to be in that position from seeing these guys off the stage for so long to to opening for them or sometimes even playing with them if you get lucky enough to get that opportunity. Um, so that's just been a really cool experience. Even this past weekend, you know, opening for a band like Disco, who's probably, you know, a couple steps ahead, they have a little bit more tour experience um, just to be able to hang out with those guys and kind of learn from them and grow with them. Um, has been super cool for all of us. Yeah, it's got to be pretty cool too. To um, you know, with the band like Acoustic Hugo or or Papadocio, like to hear them, you know, encouraging you guys to keep on doing it, and knowing that like, you know, those are those are super tenured bands that that you know they've gone through the shit. You know, they've gone through the the disappointment disappointments and the the heartbreaks and and all that stuff, and to hear them like really kind of give you encouragement kind of has to feel like, you know, maybe this, this is all worth it. And it's pretty, yeah. pretty awesome. And and that's something they tell us too all the time. It's might be cliche, but they just say, keep on doing it, keep going after it. You know, something as short as that um, can be super encouraging to hear from, from a tenured musician like those. hundred percent. Oh yeah. So what, what do you, um, what do you want your, your audiences to take away from, from your live shows? I think there's for me there's two answers to it um i think for for anybody that wants to come see bear fuzz live i one utmost i think they just have i want them to have fun that that's number one rule just have fun but two um on a deeper level i think if they can really invest themselves in what's happening and be a part of it that makes it even better so really i guess to me it's the people that make the music kind of come to life we're just playing it if we don't have anybody to play it to what's the point uh it's a communal effort to me so you know when I kind of sit back and think about it it's kind of a weird question because you know some people enjoy music just for the sonic sound of music some people have a spiritual connection to it some people you know don't even like music i don't know like I, I, at the very least, I hope they have fun, but I hope they find that deeper meaning to it as well. Yeah, I, I'd say a lot of the same there. Um, community is a big thing for me that I think about a lot of times. Um, it's a place for a lot of people to fit in, um, in our genre, to make a lot of friends and make friends that become family um, to you. I think that's something that, you know, 
all of us probably have felt at one time or another in our adolescence and growing up and going to shows is this was a place that we fit in. This was our our deal. Um, and to be able to be the band performing the music for that crowd that's feeling that um, is super special. Um, and like Jason said, just really, really want people to have fun, to have a good time, to be able to cut loose. Um, I know the topic is always talked about, oh, people talk at shows, people talk at shows. If I see people having a great time, that's all I care about. Um, they could be listening to us play or not, <laughs> but it's an event. It's fun. So I, that's what we want. Oh, yeah, I love that. Uh, just uh, the last little interview we did was with the rest of the band and and Tackett brought up that that same phenomenon. I think that we have everybody in this everybody in the zoom chat has felt you know like where they're at a show and it was just like something clicked they looked around and they're like holy fuck like i can i can be i can be me here i can i can actually let myself be myself with absolutely no no restraint you know and uh i mean it's a really beautiful thing and i think that that has to be such a special feeling for for the the band itself to kind of create that feeling for, or that comfort level for people you know it's awesome absolutely yeah yeah it's, it's funny when you look out and you can kind of see it happen too and it's almost like i mean we mentioned community and like how it is a communal thing but like you see one person kind of start to let that guard down and then all of a sudden it's like contagious you see everybody else in the crowd's like oh like oh i can be me here holy shit like it's cool to see like that's something big I think that I've noticed more and more as we've played too because you know you play to some stiff crowds that you're just like okay like sitting down not a whole lot's going on hey if that's you that's you like that's cool you know but then you have this one random person getting up and grooving and that's them so like it's cool to see that like you know people can be they can just be you know that that's all it's as simple as that you you can be at our shows um, and you know, you're fully accepted that way. Um, so I think that's definitely something just to kind of add on, um, to, you know, what, what we want to get out of this, I guess, is allowing that space to be open. I remember Adam, when you first started taking me out to jam shows and, you know, pigeon shows and all this stuff, you were like, Cam, the reason this is amazing. Well, one of the many reasons, but one of the main reasons is You'd be dancing like an absolute maniac. And then you look to your left and right and everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah. Man. And you just realize like you can totally let your full, it's like it, it gives you permission to let your full self out. A hundred percent. Let your freak flag fly. Let your freak flag fly. That's exactly what I'm Katie. Hell yeah. Do you guys have any non-negotiable rituals that you have to stick to before a creative session? We do typically do a breathing session as yeah. a band together that I think really does help us all lock in. Um, that's something that I think Derek kind of proposed it to the group probably a couple years ago. Um, and it's something that, you know, just breathing in sync with, with the people that you're about to get up on stage with, it seems really simple, but it really does have a, a great lasting effect that I think gets us all in the same wavelength and um, we're able to transfer that out to the crowd as well. Like yeah. ritual wise, I would say that that's what I would say is the breathing um, techniques that we do to get connected with each mm -hmm. other. 
another thing that I'm thinking should be non-negotiable is warming up my voice <laughs> before every show. I, I do it sometimes. Um, Keith Harker has, has given me all the tools I need to keep my voice healthy and functioning properly um, and warming up your vocals before a set and then resting them properly after a set. That's really some non-negotiable stuff, I think. Shout out, Keith Harker. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, shout okay. out. Yes. Actually, I'm gonna th we're throwing a link in the description to Keith Harker to check it out. He's a vocal coach. Absolutely amazing. Uh, definitely, if you're if you're a dabbler in singing, whether it's in the shower or beyond, check it out for sure. Yes. Just don't tell him that I don't practice every time. But <laughs> pissed. Love you, Keith. <laughs> Can you talk to me about what imagination is like musically? Like when you're playing live, when you're improvising on stage or in practice, what are your senses doing when you're imagining what you're going to play next? I don't know. It's almost like a sixth sense for me. It's it's not really it's all of them combined. I feel like the feeling of music is kind of what orchestrates what I'm going to do. It's not really a thought process for me. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's pretty much like being in a flow state in a way um, until you possibly fuck up. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you always try to recover if that's the case. Um, but no, I mean, I guess what's going on creatively or imaginatively um, for me is just trying to feel what feels like it should be there. I don't know how else to describe that, but, um, or to put, I can't articulate it very well. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess, you know, just you have a feeling of where something should go, at least rhythmically for me as a percussion player, I'm like, okay, I know that if I'm, you know, if Derek's holding a 4-4, I can play a 4-4. I can, you know, try and come up with some polyrhythm to whatever he's playing as well. Um, but I'm not necessarily thinking that. I'm more so feeling that, if that makes sense. No, I love that answer. I love how you said the sixth sense. Like, that yeah. that makes sense, actually. <laughs> I'm, like, right. imagining all of these jam shows that I've been at. And that that's, like, the only thing that it could be, is that these people have a sixth sense, like, how else could they be doing it? I, I can't I, comprehend. I, I think that is definitely a huge part of at least improvisational music. Uh, mm -hmm. At the very least, you have to have some type of extracurricular sense that is connecting you to the other people in those settings, for sure. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say the same thing there, Jason. Um, I've actually been thinking about it a lot, or I feel like I've had a few people ask me recently after shows, like, what are you thinking about when you're up there? What are you thinking about? And it's honestly like you're thinking about nothing <laughs> sometimes or it's subconscious. Um, it's so much more of a feeling, but somehow your body is telling you what you need to do like one step ahead before it happens when you're improvising. It's kind of crazy. Um, and thinking in a very rhythmic sense, you know, I, I think Jason and I connect a lot on that. Um, being the rhythm guitarist and him on percussion, um, it's more of a feeling thing than it is a conscious brain thing to me. You mentioned that, you know, you're kind of giving into your subconscious. I'm sure a thousand percent there's 
frequent moments where you find yourself getting caught up in your head like this is not the best state to be jamming in but you're in the middle of a jam and you're like fuck like talk take me through it like when you're in that little like awkward not in some sort of you know transcendental musical jam band flow state kind of thing like out of pocket if you will if you if you will how how do you then will (laughs) (laughs) um I think for me, you just got to let it breathe, I guess, like let the music breathe as a whole. If we're going in a direction that's like everybody's falling off the rails, I have full confidence that it's going to get where it needs to be. Maybe just not right at that moment. Um, So, yeah, just like taking a moment to get past that thought um, and trying to get back into that area of not really thinking too much. Um, Maybe try and look out in the room and get your mind away from the screw up you just made. You know, you can't get hung up on one bad note because it's moving so quickly. Um, You just got to recover and try, you know, try to come up with something better in the next phrase. And that's life. Yep. And that is life. Yeah. Can you guys talk to me about how your relationship has evolved over the course of your career, like doing it professionally? Like your relationship with music specifically, like as a professional, like from from then to now, how it's evolved. Yeah, um, for me, kind of a weird ride for me. <laughs> um, when I was young, I picked up some drum lessons um, for a short while, and then I quit pretty quickly. Um, migraines and just really not being invested in it uh relationship with music i like to think really started by listening um and then developed into playing uh i am not a technically trained musician um although i think now i'm at a point where i think that that's very important and i've started to self-teach um rather than just go off of hey i think this sounds good um so relationship with music has I I think increasingly become more and more complex um but not in a bad way I mean it's it's helped me really kind of expand my mind and expand how I even interact on a day-to-day basis um with people in the world around me um I've realized that music is a lot more than just sound um it's it's a whole world that I can't even begin to really describe <laughs> that's beyond um, just, you know, sonic noise. So um, for me, it musically has, or music has really kind of impacted me uh, on a number of levels, you know, emotionally, mentally, uh, probably even physically, I don't really know, but definitely spiritually. Um, it's It's been a huge part of my spiritual journey as, you know, an individual. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really complex, but it's something that I'm always going to be grateful for and something that is continuously growing for me. Um, so at, at this point, I think there's a lot of technical growth for myself in the music category, um, which has kind of become a lot more of my focus. Um, whereas in the past, it was more uh, an emotional and a mental um, growth that had happened. Um, so now that I'm actually kind of behind the music, it has to shift to that focus of, of being more 
okay, what technically am I doing here? Um, you know, how, how do I actually create this sound that I'm looking for? Um, so those are kind of the thought processes that I have now with music versus, oh, that sounds cool, or this makes me feel this way. Um, so it's it's been interesting, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a great answer, Jason. Um, you said so many good things in there. Um, I think my relationship with music is also ever evolving. Um, started as a listener, like a young, obsessed classic rock listener and for some reason when I was like 10 or 12 years old I knew that that was what I wanted to do but I didn't know exactly how I was going to do it um, so then I started playing and started taking a few lessons um, you know primarily through my teenage years I wasn't taking lessons I was just sitting in my bedroom playing music it was kind of a release for me um, you know, it got me through great times. It got me through difficult times as well, both playing and listening. Um, and then getting to college, forming a band with Jason, kind of actualized that a bit um, with a couple of our great friends at Ohio University. Um, being able to play live there was so formative uh, to where we are now, having that experience. You know, if, if we had just entered Bear Fuzz, never playing in a band before, I think we'd be light years behind <laughs> at least personally, oh, yeah. um, where, where I am now, both as a musician and just knowing how to be in a band um, together with people. Um, and like we said earlier, it's such a communal thing, like with our crowd. Um, for me, it's a connection thing. Uh, so many of my friends today, so many of my, my very best friends today, our biggest connection is music. And I love that so much. I, I, I think it just brings people's souls together. Um, I really do think that. Um, and, and there's a reason for everything. And there's a reason we all listen to the music we listen to and kind of bond over the, the similar types of music too. I love it. Thinking back on you know your career as professional musicians, personally, the story of Bear Fuzz, what would each of you say has been the most fulfilling moment for you being able to perform at battle of the bands when we were nobody um like five years ago four years ago at woodlands tavern getting into festivals like the workout and summer camp and being like holy cow guys like we're really doing it and being being able to win those competitions against other great bands i um, mean being able to have those experiences as a young band um and kind of getting a taste of, of what it was going to be like um, to be out there in the scene um, and to be going around with this kind of traveling, you know, circus of bands and people um, was so cool. And then the other, you know, defining moment thus far, and I'm sure there's more to come. Oh, it was probably last year when we got gone to Madison house agency and made this thing real, like touring is going to happen. Um, something we've all, always wanted to do and dreamt of um, but to to make that happen and actualize the touring aspect of being in this band um, was just a, a real big highlight for me your listeners and your your fans how would you like them to consume your music to me to me bear fuzz is a live band they're uh, they're a go to the fucking show buy the ticket buy the merch you know i i think um 
what you just said at the end there, the live show is obviously a huge aspect. Um, we have, we just have so much fun live. Um, and I think our crowds have a lot of fun at our shows too. And, and, and that's hard to, to capture, um, by just listening to music. Um, and I, I'm, I'm such a live show listener. So I, you know, I'm always directing people to Bandcamp where we release all of our live shows. But then as Jason said, and an aspect that I, I'd like to touch on too, is the studio has been such an important place um, for us, just learning how to play our instruments better, our songs better, and becoming tighter as a band. Um, and being able to release those things on Spotify and grow that catalog um, has been huge for us. And to be able to work with such a good producer and Joe Veers um, has just been pivotal, pivotal in our growth. Um, so, you know, Bandcamp, Spotify, those are great sources. But like you said, please buy a ticket and come to the show because it doesn't get more fun than that. Mm. Bearfuzz.bandcamp.com. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone out there listening, we got links in the description, stream Brick by Brick. Bear Fuzz new album and keep up with all their tour dates. We'll see you at Fuzztopia if you're around here in the Midwest. And yeah, can't wait for the next one. Take care out there, guys. Thanks all right. So Thanks for having us. Love you, boys. Love you guys. Yeah. Yeah.